0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a Hollywood acceptance speech. I'm so surprised. I had no idea. I'm not even prepared. Okay, I'd like to thank the Progressive discounts that got me here. Safe driver, multi-car, paid in full, multi-policy. This is just such a big moment. And did I mention that I'm surprised? With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Oh, 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 and I want to thank my agent and all my discounts agents because we all have the same agent. Don't start the music! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: To the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you as always by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOWIRE, that's R O T O W I R E, when you deposit on DraftKings.com, and that'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Wednesday, October 7th, 2015. I'm Nick Whalen, joined as I always am on Wednesday nights by RotoWire's NFL czar, Mike Doria. Um, basically, a lot to talk about as as there yeah, has been the last few weeks. Especially my new the, title. Yes, NFL czar. I'm really glad That's that cool. you recently adopted that. I definitely yeah. didn't just just make that up on the fly. Um, but Mike, glad to be joined by you. Like I said, as we always are on Wednesdays, we're going to go through team by team and talk about all of the fantasy relevant injuries
2: this week. Um, yeah, time flies, man. It's it week does. five and uh, I guess we have some patterns that have been established in the NFL and uh, it's uh it's not we're 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 definitely in mid-season mode here injuries are piling up and uh teams are on by so all kinds of moving parts now uh, that we can get into
1: yeah like you said teams starting to go on by this week there were two only last week on by i think that was new england and tennessee and now this week we have the jets the dolphins uh the carolina panthers and the minnesota vikings all on by so week
2: without Balal pal so sad
1: i know i know so unfortunate um But before we get into all the injuries, like I said, we're going to go team by team, as we always do. uh, We should remind you that the podcast is available on both iTunes as well as Stitcher, uh, so we'd appreciate it if you can rate and review on either of those platforms. The podcast is also available on rotowire.com, if you just go to rotowire.com slash pod, then you'll be able to see all of our podcasts, not just the football podcast. Uh, we're running our five day a week NBA podcast, which just started last week. We're doing our daily fantasy podcast, soccer podcast. I, I don't even know what other kind of podcast. I think I think Jake latarcy has got some MMA podcast going. Um, lots of podcasts. You lots name of it, we got it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, if you if you have time to listen to podcasts and you're you're a podcast person, rodeowire dot com slash podcast. Looking forward to the
2: Australian um, Rules podcast.
1: It's only a matter of time, really. I know we're. I think we might even be getting into esports at some point. So maybe there'll be Crickets. an esports podcast, a cricket podcast. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, let us know if you want any other podcasts uh, beyond what we have because
2: I mean, Chad we'll- and I could probably do a solid food one.
1: Yeah, I think you could do a, Ma- a Best Restaurants of Madison podcast. You
2: could do the fashion segments.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think I could do like. 1998 to 2006 NFL jersey fashion
2: podcast speaking of that you know I think in last week's uh, podcast we reached out to our uh, our our listeners suggesting if they had any extra Jags swag or jerseys laying around that they should send it to rotowire headquarters uh, care of Nick Whalen size medium Uh, any luck there
1: no, we didn't receive anything at all in the mail yet. I mean, it hasn't been. You know, it's only been a full week, so all that's right. only yeah, that's I only five you, business if days. If you
2: Send it like via the post office. It might take five to seven business days. So right, maybe that's by the thing. I don't want the, to. The, 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 uh, the bags full of Jaguars, uh, you know, Maurice Jones, Drew bobbleheads and jerseys might be coming, coming Right, in. bags
1: upon bags. I didn't want to put anybody out and request expedited shipping or anything like that. So I'm assuming, you know, you'd do the standard right. shipping and it, it wouldn't if, arrive in a maybe week.
2: Maybe if our podcast was a little bit more awesome, we would have got the expedited shipping from from our. I users. think
1: that's the goal for next year is to get the expedited shipping on the rejected Maurice Jones Drew gear. All right, we'll talk about we'll talk more about the Jaguars as we always tend to on this podcast when we get to the AFC South talking about injuries. But we'll start in the AFC East this week. The New England Patriots coming off of a bye week, they're three and zero. They're at Dallas. That's a late game on Sunday afternoon. And Mike, you're a Patriots beat writer and, and yep. resident Patriots
2: czar as well as NFL czar.
1: <laughs> no really, fantasy fantasy relevant injuries that we're keeping an eye Not on this really. week, right?
2: It's, um... I'm waiting for the, the twenty player injury report to come out any time now, but this, this week coming off the bye, I believe there's just three players on the uh the injury report in all and none of them were really fantasy relevant. I guess the about the only thing that's worth mentioning now that it's uh the week five five is approaching, is uh that Brandon Lafell is on the team's pup list. Uh that means that he could theoretically come back um in a few you know two or three weeks but uh so far there hasn't really been any talk about you know an imminent return but keep in mind that he is eligible um you know he was required to miss the first game six games of the season there but um you know that's uh we're getting there pretty pretty close
1: yeah yeah we are and you had like new england's chances to remain undefeated this week going into week five going up against that dallas team that'll still be without des bryant they'll still be without brandon whedon and until those or two guys Romo, get back. Or excuse me, yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll be without Tony Romo. They'll start Brandon Whedon. And until those two guys, Des, and especially Romo, get back, this team is kind of a sitting target.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a reminder, Nick, that you, know, you look at the, the NFL schedule at the beginning of the season, before the season, and you think you've got the matchups all figured out and what games are going to be hard and, and everything like that. I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the Patriots fans might have been a little bit worried about this, this Dallas matchup. And and now, I mean, I'm not saying that Dallas is going to be a pushover, but without, you know, basically their two best players, uh, it's suddenly not the daunting matchup it looked like for the Patriots when you know back in the day there was, it looked like Brady was going to be suspended and and, you know because things have changed quite a bit, yeah, because of the bye and everything, this would have been the last game um, that Brady would have been suspended for, so before the lifting of Brady's suspension, before all the injuries that hit Dallas. This this looked like a, a bit of a gift for the Cowboys, and now it's it's the opposite.
1: Yeah, yeah, the tables have certainly turned uh, once again in favor of New England. Uh, looking at the, the AMC's... underdogs, <laughs> oh, don't even give me that. <laughs> All right, the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins, like we said, both on bye this week, um, and I guess that makes sense because you know Miami fired their head coach following that pretty disastrous loss to those Jets in London in Week Four. And I think we kind of saw this coming. Uh, there, there were some signs that Joe Philbin maybe wasn't the future at the top of this franchise. And there's really never a good time to fire a coach, and especially fire a coach in season. But if you're going to do it, you want to at least give that new coach the bye week to kind of
2: get things in order and and prepare for the next game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not sure that uh, you know that's the way they had it mapped out, but like 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 you said, it does it does give the team some you know additional time for uh, the transition. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a bit of a haul there, you know, to uh, to head over to London, get used to the time change and everything like that. and uh, and then, you know, the, I guess the players get some well-deserved uh, rest um, in the days after the uh, the games in London. And I, I believe there's, um, I think I want to say week six, but there's uh, there's another one coming up pretty soon. In yeah London. the Jags
1: are in London uh I think they they recently signed a, a, an extension or some sort of contract to keep playing in London one game a year through I think 2020 or 2025 so yeah they head to London later this season I'm trying to see what week that is I think it's uh it's actually later in October October 25th yeah they technically host Buffalo um and what's well, a home game for Jacksonville but that one like you said will be played in London as part of the yeah, NFL you gotta initiative.
2: like that uh 9:30 eastern uh kickoff time unless you're doing the rotowire inactives in which case that that means getting up pretty early but uh it is a little bit of bonus early morning uh, or early football for football fans um you know in any time zone over here and uh you know it, it doesn't look like those games are going away anytime soon
1: yeah yeah i think it's uh you know one of the nfl's top priorities right now to, to keep expanding the game and you know, London certainly has the infrastructure from a, a stadium standpoint to handle that. And I mean, even though if you're, maybe you're not sending the top quality teams over uh, in the Jaguars, it's still it's still a way to get that get that exposure up overseas. Yeah, there's
2: a, there's like a bit of a talk that uh, that London may sort of co-host an NFL franchise. You know, like with one of the, uh, one of wow, the I don't like struggling that. teams uh, might you know punt half of their games to to the London. Uh, audience uh, yeah it's uh you know theoretically it's an interesting idea but you know like how does that make the fans of let's just say they picked tampa bay or something to split it with uh you know what do you, what do you feel like if you're a tampa bay fan yeah or,
1: i don't think i think if you're gonna do that and then we're getting a little bit off topic here i think but if if you're gonna put a team in london it has to be a london-based team i don't think you can go half and half you know what, what do you the Tampa yeah. Bay slash London Buccaneers. I don't know. I think I think you have to commit to it if you're gonna do it. And I think obviously that's a long ways away uh from becoming a realistic possibility, but it is something that's been discussed now for a couple of years. And I don't think it would be super surprising if five or ten years down the road, you know, that that kind of that talk gets beyond the the just talk phase and and it's certainly possible that the NFL could expand outside of the United States. All right, finishing up the AFC East, we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills. They're at Tennessee. Yeah, a lot going on there. Yes, quite a bit going on there. Percy Harvin did not practice on Wednesday. He's still dealing with his usual hip yeah, injury. Yeah, that's,
2: that's kind of a, um, you know, they list him as de- uh, did not practice hip, but, uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of a maintenance thing, I believe.
1: Yep, uh, Percy Harvin, a guy that's always seemed to be banged up and not a surprise to see him on the injury report. LaShawn McCoy and Carlos Williams, so Buffalo's top two backs, both did not practice on Wednesday, both very much questionable heading into week five. McCoy, of course, did not play... Last week against the Giants in that loss, Carlos Williams rushed for 40 yards on 18 carries. He went down with a concussion in this game. So if neither of those guys were able to go, all of a sudden we're looking at Booby Dixon maybe stepping in as a starter for week five.
2: Yeah, it seems like um, it's unlikely that either of those guys will play. I mean, Coach Rex Ryan has you know held out a hope that maybe one of them might play. But there's been talk that McCoy might miss multiple weeks. Um, of course, Dixon has the concussion. Neither practice today. Um, if I had to guess, neither will play this Sunday. That leaves it up to Dixon. He had a couple catches uh, last week for 20 yards, no carries. But, you know, it's, it's week five, and if you, you're scrambling for a running back, uh, you know, either because you own one of those Bills guys or, you know, um, it's a, a bye week for one of your starters, then I would say, you know, be aggressive in obtaining uh, Dixon this week because he'll probably get you one start, maybe even more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll be at the top of a lot of people's fab bids earlier this week. All right, moving to the AFC North. Did we uh, did we mention Sammy Watkins there? Oh, we did not mention Sammy yeah. Watkins. Good catch. He did not practice on Wednesday with a calf injury. Um, a guy who's been obviously banged up pretty much since week one. Did not have a catch in week one. Um, was pretty quiet against Miami. Just two targets in that game for 39 yards. Did not play last week. Um, I mean, do you really have a, much of a feel on what his status is heading into Week 5 well, at this point? you know, he
2: didn't practice today. The team's not prepared to rule him out. Um, I think uh, they, they, they signed uh, Denarius Moore uh, a couple days ago. That that might be a hint that they're still concerned about Watkins' uh, status. Um, that's 50-50 at best, and I, I would lean a little bit towards the negative side of that, but it is only Wednesday. Things could look up on that front but I'm not especially optimistic about that.
1: All right, now we'll actually move to the AFC North. We'll start with Cincinnati. They probably get their toughest test of the season uh, as they enter Week 5 undefeated. They'll host Seattle. That's a noon game on Sunday. Jeremy Hill was limited at practice on Wednesday he's been kind of splitting time with Gio Bernard a little bit more probably than most people thought this early in the season. Um, in the last game, Gio Bernard, 13 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Jeremy Hill, just nine carries for 40 yards. Neither really factored into the pass game a whole lot. Is this a situation that you're looking to avoid just because they both kind of detract from each other's value? Well, somehow
2: in all the leagues that I've been, that I'm involved in, I, I managed to avoid owning either of those backs. Now I'm kind of, Happy about that because uh, Jeremy Hill just hasn't, uh, you know, dominated the target uh, the, uh, the the carries quite as much as I expected. Now, I don't expect that necessarily to continue all year, but at the moment, you know, when whenever there's any sort of timeshare, it's not my favorite thing or any fantasy owner's favorite thing in either season-long or daily leagues. Um, at a certain point, though, I mean, when when you know the weather gets crappy and and they just need someone to grind out the tough yards. Hill's the guy, but uh, he's a little tough don't at the moment. The limited practice today doesn't really concern me too much. I haven't really heard anything about him possibly missing the game. Uh, We'll, we'll of course, you know, either via the podcast or via the, you know, injury reports that we put out on the site, we'll let you know if uh, that changes, but uh, I I don't think he's in any danger of uh, missing this game, you know, in, in this tough matchup here. Pittsburgh Steelers they're at San Diego
1: on Monday night they of course played the Thursday night game against Baltimore a tough way to lose there which kind of started a I don't know if it was a domino effect beginning with Josh Scobie missing a couple key kicks for them in that Thursday night game but a very very tough week to be a kicker in the NFL in
2: week four guys on other teams got cut too yeah there there there's a lot of some kicker churn and just some kickers uh maybe on some short leashes there but uh Yeah, with uh, the Steelers, um, I mean, uh, Marcus Wheaton got injured in that game. uh, And it'll be interesting to see how he shows up on the injury report. But probably more germane to uh, Marcus Wheaton's situation is that Martavis Bryant is uh, eligible to come back this week. So his little four-game window of, uh, you know, being useful with Big Ben. And then, of course, that closed when Big Ben got hurt a little. But, uh, yeah, Wheaton... um, didn't really develop a rapport with Mike Vick and, uh, Bryant's back. Um, he's a guy that might be laying around on some waiver wires. I mean, I, I don't think that in, in deeper leagues, he's, he's well stashed, but, uh, there might, he might've been, cut by an inpatient owner or two out there right that's the
1: thing i think he was a guy who was targeted pretty highly in drafts um you know that suspension came a little bit later so if you drafted earlier um you know he he was probably on a lot of rosters but like you said with the amount of injuries that we've seen already um you know some rosters depending on how they're composed you might have just had to drop him just out of necessity you know to to get a healthy player in a lineup so if he is on the waiver wire or if you're in a shallower league i think definitely a guy you want to target he might not be as effective for the next couple weeks with mike vick under center um, although I think we're expecting a little bit better week from him, you know he actually has some time to prepare this time around. Yeah, you know, not playing on the didn't short look week.
2: Terrible in, uh, you know against he didn't, uh, the but Ravers he just rings. can't throw the ball down the field like Roethlisberger. I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, I mean it, that's the perception. Although Mike Vick does throw a nice pass, uh, and he, you know, he can throw the deep ball. I mean, it's 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 hard to like. Uh, Generalize about Vic's game because he's not the quarterback that that people really remember. You know, the, with the, you know, the the tendency to to run a lot and everything, and and even though he can and still has mobility, he's just not as explosive as he used to be. Um, but I, I mean, I think that there's still there's still a decent chance that you know he does some like sort of timing pattern type plays to take advantage of Bryant's um, you know prowess in the uh, in in the red zone there. So. Uh, it's it might be a little bit risky to to start Bryant in his first week back, but um, you know he, he could develop a rapport with Vic. Um, I mean, Antonio Brown. I mean, I'm not you know saying that he doesn't have a great rapport with Vic, but he wasn't he didn't come up very huge against the Ravens. Uh, obviously, you can't bench him, but it'll be interesting. To, it, it'll be interesting to see you know what he does in his uh, second full game there with Vic.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about Brown, and I don't, I agree with you that you can't bench him just because of how productive he's been. I mean, coming into that Thursday night game, he had 35 straight games with at least five catches and 50 yards. I mean, and it literally, literally doesn't catches. get any more yeah. dependent for that. And he still had five catches in this game, only ended with 42 yards on nine targets. And like we said, that kind of comes from the product of Vic just you know checking down a little bit more not looking quite as much down the field as ben roethlisberger and just not being comfortable in this offense so i think as mike vick gets more comfortable you're going to see antonio brown return maybe not to the same production that we're used to with roethlisberger under center but at least a little bit closer to that so not a guy you probably want to be benching unless you have
2: some very strong options behind him yeah and Le'Veon bell wasn't wasn't really hurt by the uh the the change at quarterback he 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 was hurt by the
1: play calling i think more than anything
2: yeah but you know he's going to get the ball as you know as the runner primary runner and you know he was he was still pretty heavily involved in the passing game too so that's any bell owners that were worried about maybe d'angelo williams uh, seeing a lot of uh, touches and and maybe vic impacting him negatively i guess they can uh, breathe a sigh of relief there
1: all right the baltimore ravens they host cleveland in an intra-division game at noon on Sunday, Crockett Gilmore did not practice on Wednesday. Jim Harbaugh called him week to week, which usually is not the most promising designation. Uh, just yeah, a few days it before, turns it came out Jim day.
2: Harbaugh is not really big on ruling guys out, even when everybody thinks that those players are not going to play. So, in the um, in, in Gilmore's uh, case, um, you know, Harbaugh said, "Yeah, maybe maybe he'll play this week, but I, I wouldn't count on it." and uh your guy max uh max williams there um you know didn't really light it up in uh in week four but uh you know he's he could have a chance to uh you know maybe do something this week if uh gilmore sits out again yeah he didn't exactly light it up but just good to see
1: um you know the increase in reps there and and like you said if crockett gilmore doesn't play you Kind of expect that to continue. Rashad Perriman, the rookie first round wide receiver who we've talked about just about every week now, as he's yet to play in the regular season. I'm not even sure if he played at all in the preseason now that I think about it. He remains out indefinitely, had arthroscopic knee surgery recently, received some PRP injection into that knee to try to speed up the healing process. Jim Harbaugh basically confirmed that, you know, no, Rashad Perriman has not suffered a setback at all, but. I think he, I think he mentioned, or, you know, possibly joked that Dr. James Andrews, who seems to find time to investigate every injury in every athlete in every sport, uh, basically told him that he's never seen a knee
2: heal as slowly as Perriman's. Wow. Well, at least he didn't have to get Tommy John surgery, but, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's been a t- disappointing run there for Perriman. I mean, he was definitely taken by the Ravens, you know, in the first round because they were, they needed someone to replace Torrey Smith and, uh, that element has been lacking in their game. They, they thought that he was going to be a nice, you know, deep threat who could maybe do some damage in the red zone, and and now, um, you know, Steve Smith is hurt.
1: Yes, and that's a big problem because, like you said, they've had problems throwing the ball, and now without, um, you know, their top target, 29 catches, 373 yards, and two touchdowns in, you know, three and a half games, essentially, because he, he took that hard hit uh, midway through this game. Um, I, I know you have written here that he is a Hall of Famer in terms of pain tolerance. I, that is absolutely true, 100%. Yeah, that's,
2: that's not my quote, but uh, that's uh, I, someone from the Ravens organization. I can't remember who who to attribute it to, but anyone who wants to know can can look that up, um, and I will too after the podcast. But I, I mean, I think that's kind of a, you know, if you're going to be, you know, dubbed something other than RotoWire's NFL czar, uh, you know, being. Being put in the, the the Hall of Fame of pain tolerance is kind of a uh, it's a nice tribute to a to a guy who like Steve Smith who's you know he's 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 a character but he's no one can question his toughness and uh, he's still getting it done this stage of his career um, I mean like initial reports you know range from broken ribs to broken bones in his back and it's kind of uh, I guess it's being reported as micro fractures around the back and rib area. Uh, That doesn't sound ideal. No, it doesn't sound like. I don't know if it's going to be comfortable to sleep, sit, or stand, and you know, with with that injury, let alone play football. Now, uh, initially, uh, Coach Harbaugh, you know, ruled out Smith. Um, I believe it was Saturday. He uh, he was uh, he stated that Smith was going to be ruled out. Uh, The team referred to him in a statement uh, as week to week. And now Harbaugh's backed up a little bit from that stance, saying that, well, he's not officially ruled out, but there's, there's like no chance that Steve Smith is playing this week. And yes, he is week to week. Um, again, he's such a tough guy. Maybe the Ravens next game, it's a possibility, but I wouldn't count on it.
1: Yeah, I think maybe he'll want to play. I think he'll probably do everything he can. We'll have to watch if there's a, a number 89 Steven Schmidt or something out <laughs> on the field who looks bears striking resemblance to Steve Smith. But, uh, yeah, like you said, right now, any, anything dealing with fractures in backs uh, probably doesn't indicate a great chance of playing in Week 5. Yeah, and if
2: you're looking for some Ravens to uh, benefit from, um, you know, Perriman's lingering injury and now Smith's new one, I guess Kamar Aiken. Um He's a guy that was probably available in a lot of leagues, and if you're scrambling, why not? Uh, I don't know about Marlon Brown. They traded for Chris Givens. It's probably going to take a, gonna take, a, take a take a speed, but yeah, that's not what they had in mind um, when they drafted Perryman when they let Torrey Smith go. That's for sure. All right, finishing out the AFC
1: North, the Cleveland Browns. They're at Baltimore, as we just said. That's a noon game. Robert Turbin was limited at practice on Wednesday. Duke Johnson practiced in full, however, he came in with an ankle injury. Johnson had nine catches for 85 yards and a touchdown in last week's game. Um, I mean, What are you expecting from this? What kind of workload uh, from Duke Johnson, and how do you see this Cleveland backfield kind of shaking out heading into this week?
2: Well, you know, initially uh, this morning um, the Cleveland beat writers uh, sort of flagged that um, Duke Johnson had an ankle injury uh, on the, uh, the pre-practice injury report. It turns out that he practiced fully. So that pretty much says that he's going to be fine for this game. Obviously, he did did a nice job in the passing game uh, with the nine catches for 85 yards, including the TD where he lined he lined up wide and you know essentially was he's the best receiver they had all year. Um, that that's more of an indictment uh, to the wideout core than than maybe um, you know. That he's going to be game planned as a as a, as a wide out on a on a weekly basis, but uh, you know he had eight carries, thirty one yards. Isaiah Corral is still around. Um, I mean, I think all along, when Duke Johnson was drafted, people expected him to get like a slice of the, uh, the the carries, and then contribute in the passing game. Kind of a, I don't know, like a Shane Vereen with with more carries or something like that, or or a lesser version of Gio Bernard or something like that. Um, I still think that Crowell is going to, uh, you know, get some of the early down carries. Eventually Turbin could, uh, you know, muddle that situation even further. I mean, last year the Browns were constantly changing gears on starting running backs and going with a hot hand and all that. So in terms of Johnson, I I like what I've seen. Uh, Your best bet though is to own him and use him in uh, PPR formats. All
1: right, Brian Hartline is not on the injury report this week he had a pretty big game in week three seven or excuse me five catches on seven targets for 96 yards and that loss to Oakland um but then against San Diego in week four just one catch on one target yeah, for seven yards so not a guy you can game. really trust
2: yeah he did get a little banged up and the initial reports were that he was going to miss practice on Wednesday and then according to the NFL media site according to the Browns official site unless it's a typo he is not on the injury report so We'll let you know, again, either on the site or in the next podcast, if that changes at all. You can
1: text Mike Doria directly if you need updates <laughs> on Brian Hartline.
2: Yeah, we, we can wiki Googlepedia me or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, Travis Benjamin, Gary Barnage, uh, six catches last week, and uh, those are the guys that are sort of uh, getting it done uh, in the pass catching realm, uh, you know, other than Duke Johnson, Dwayne Bow. Still doing nothing. Um yeah, Gary Barnage. You own any ownership in Gary Barnage?
1: No. Unfortunately, I did not get in on the Gary Barnage sweepstakes this year. Back to back six catch games, and uh, you know, it's uh He's it's, the real uh, deal. I guess so. <laughs>
2: All
1: right, let's move to the AFC South. We'll start with Indianapolis. They took care of Jacksonville. I don't know if take took care is the right word. They they didn't lose against Jacksonville. Uh, in week four, and it was a very ugly game. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't,
2: like, decided by, like, something random like missed field goals or anything like that. You know this is a touchy subject,
1: Mike. Uh, If if anybody listened to the Monday podcast with Derek, I think I already spoke my piece uh, on this Jaguars team. I'm obviously not thrilled about it. I don't think many Jaguars fans are. Two late missed field goals. Both of them would have been game winners by Jason Myers, and instead, Adam Vinatieri
2: knocks through the game-winning field goal in overtime for Indianapolis. That's a tough one. I mean, like... uh you know that that division is kind of wide open right now and uh they it it was right (laughs) that would have put the Jags in the driver's seat (laughs) yeah it was there for the taking I mean not that Matt Hasselbeck is not a competent quarterback but they caught a break uh you know facing Matt Hasselbeck in in week four versus Andrew Luck and they they played well enough to win and you know a couple missed field goals later um the 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 chance at uh looking at the standings or opening up the paper and Monday morning and seeing the jags top the standings gone.
1: Yes, it is gone. Uh but not forgotten. I mean there'll be there'll be more opportunities maybe in 10 six, years. 6 to yeah, 6 to 7 years <laughs> at the minimum. Uh but the Colts, they host Houston now on Thursday night so a short week for them, not ideal given the Andrew Luck situation yeah, with totally. his shoulder. Um Tyler Varga, a backup running back, he's been ruled out the concussion, probably not a lot of ownership there um but Andrew Luck listed as questionable with a shoulder injury I think it was it surprised a lot of people that he w- that he ended up sitting out against Jacksonville obviously that ended up working out for them they get the win and they don't suffer any more damage to that shoulder of Luck's. um they're still listing him as questionable officially but I think the expectation is that he's going to be back
2: yeah that's the expectation um there's there's different there's a few different layers here um I mean, going back in time a little bit, uh, you know, there was that expectation heading into the weekend that he would probably give it a go. Um, but as, you know, Sunday morning, you know, uh, the, as the uh, the Jets and Dolphins were, uh, you know, getting ready for their game, there, there started to be a more negative tone, um, which evolved into, you know, him essentially, uh, somebody like Chris Mortensen and some other people, you know, well before the Enactus came out, were were essentially stating that he wasn't going to play. And then they showed uh, pregame warm-ups. And even though there was just a bunch of running around and, you know, hugging and high-fiving going on, it was pretty clear that he was favoring his throwing shoulder, throwing arm there. He was kind of holding it. And, you know, the one, there's two injuries I can speak with authority on because I've had them more than once. And one is the sprained MCL and the other is the, uh, the separated-slash-dislocated shoulder. And he he was holding his shoulder like a guy who just popped his shoulder out a few days ago. And I think that's, you know, whether the Colts admit it or not, they're calling it a sore shoulder. There's been reports that he had a mild subluxation, which is essentially, you know, it, it, it popped out a little. Maybe not entirely. Um, and if it had popped out entirely, uh, you know, he'd, he probably would have had to m- miss multiple weeks. But now... Um, he is a legitimate questionable. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck uh, is under the weather and he's also listed as questionable. The, uh, the Colts brought back, uh, Josh Johnson after cutting him. Uh, and you know, the initial reaction was, oh, that's probably bad for Andrew Luck, but it's, I mean, they have two guys that that are hurting one way or the other. So, uh, I do have a feeling that it's going to go to game time officially, um, you know, obviously it's the first game of the week, so if Luck is indeed scratched, then, uh, you know, his fantasy owners will have time to make adjustments. The only tricky part would be if the Colts listed him as active but didn't start him. Um, not really likely, but, you know, I've seen that happen before where, where uh, you know, players are listed as active. but
1: Well, know. a lot of people got burned by Chris Ivory a couple of weeks ago. That was the case with him. Uh, banged up going into week four or excuse me week three and he was on the sidelines he was in uniform but I don't think he played a single snap so yeah definitely something to keep an eye on obviously a guy you're going to want to check if they don't say anything by Friday or even Saturday you know you have to be ready before those games uh well I guess he's playing Thursday excuse yeah. me this week so yeah with it being a Thursday night game uh we should actually receive word I guess um you know prior to Thursday night so definitely yeah, something to keep an unless eye on throughout the Colts the pull one of
2: those like uh, all three quarterbacks are active, but we are not going to announce a starter. Right, and
1: maybe they will. Who knows? Um, the only other injury we're keeping an eye on with them are actually a couple more. Frank Gore is probable with a foot injury. He's averaging just over four yards a carry this season, 17 carries for 53 yards against the
2: Jags. Yeah, he's, he's, he's getting it done a little bit more the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, he did pop up on the injury report, and uh, it was interesting to note that uh, the the Colts brought in Ahmad Bradshaw for a workout. Um, Coach Chuck ba- Cabo- uh, Pagano has nothing but good things to say about Bradshaw, uh, who definitely helped that team uh, when he was healthy. That signing is not imminent, but uh, that's something to keep an eye out because uh, Bradshaw is like one of the notable, you know, running back free agents that's still kicking around. And I'm, you know, I'm surprised if he's healthy that that you know he hasn't signed with somebody. But maybe the the Colts have something in mind for him uh, with Tyler Varga out. Um, still no no official signing there but uh, that would be a bit of bad news for Frank Gore owners if if, uh, Bradshaw does in fact join the team down the road right
1: and Dwayne Allen is probable with an ankle obviously guys a little bit of an afterthought with Kobe Fleener in this offense and he's coming off of a week in which he was targeted 12 times by Matt Hasselbeck Tennessee Titans, they host Buffalo at noon coming off of a bye week. No injuries that we're really keeping an eye on for Tennessee. We'll move to Houston. They're hosting Indianapolis on that Thursday night. Arian Foster is listed as probable. He made his debut last week. Just 10 yards on eight carries for him. Uh, a pretty mild day by his standards and by any running back standards, really. And this is kind of the the theme that we've seen with these type of guys, Todd Gurley had a very, he might've had the exact same output actually in his debut. He was eight for nine. Eight for nine, eight for 10. So, you know, just yeah, we were kind making of-
2: making fun of his line, resembling a, a decent kicker. Oh, right? yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh Close to, I think, like Cairo Santos turned in for the Chiefs this past week. Uh But Foster's listed as
2: probable. Sounds like he's probably going to play. Are you expecting a bigger role for him? Well, definitely. Uh, I mean, that's what everybody's expecting. Beat writer-wise, uh, Coach Bill O'Brien hinted at it. Uh, Jonathan Grimes, he's ruled out. He's a you know one of their depth guys uh, as a running back. Uh, Chris Polk, who uh, had a you know a handful of touches um, in Week Four, is questionable with a knee injury. So it's kind of Foster, who was a big question mark last week, and then and Alfred Blue are the two healthiest options. And I just think that given that there's been no setbacks with Foster, he's listed as probable this week. It's just logical that they're going to uh, give him more touches because he. You know, given their quarterback situation, um, and, you know, Brian Mallett is probably going to be listed as probable on the injury report, but he he was brutal in week four, got pulled, you know, keeping the starting job for now. But in order for Houston to uh, sort of take advantage of that good defense that they have uh, and knowing what their quarterback situation is, they need Foster to be Foster as long as he can be. Yeah, absolutely, and
1: this, this quarterback situation has been a mess. This is a Houston team that was down 42-0 to at one point to Atlanta last week, so they're throwing the ball quite a bit just because of the situations that they've been
2: in with that defense allowing so many points, and yeah, I think that's been yeah, the story I mean, as well.
1: That defense just hasn't been as good as people expected. Yeah,
2: I mean, like I, I just said, you know, they're they're good defense and everything, but, uh, yeah, obviously it was, it was terrible in week four, but, you know, you you would have to think that if the offense sort of kicks in and JJ J. Watt just starts doing everything like he like he's capable of the uh the Texans you know defense will at least stabilize to the point that they're closer to what people thought they were before the season when uh you know people were making their fantasy drafts it was either Seattle, Buffalo or Houston were were typically the first um few uh team defenses taken in fantasy drafts so yeah, just a lot of disappointment there. But uh, you know, Foster, uh, if he if he gets going the way he can, it, it could uh, spark some positive developments uh, for the Texans there. A couple of receivers
1: have been ruled out for Houston, so this offense takes even more of a hit. Cecil Shorts and Nate Washington have both been ruled out. Shorts with a shoulder injury, Washington with a hamstring. Not a lot to like beyond DeAndre Hopkins as far as yeah. options in this receiving core. Hopkins coming off of a game in which he had nine catches for 157 yards. He's really established himself. Well,
2: as, month, as much as I like, you know, have, have enjoyed uh, the occasional Cecil Shorts good game. He's he's a guy that's been hurt a lot over the years. Nate Washington um, kind of sticks around. You know, did some stuff with the Steelers, the Titans, and you know, and he's kicking around now. Um, they're not like elite guys by any means, so I guess the if you if you want to like find some positive out of the fact that two two of your top three wideouts are out, a guy like Keith Mumphrey, who had uh four catches for fifty six yards on seven targets last week um you know he he's a draftee that that uh looked decent and uh was going to get added opportunities. maybe they're going to uh you know unveil Jalen strong uh you know it's it, it gives some of these young guys a chance. Uh, to, to show what they have. So, that's either a recipe for disaster or some sleepers are going to be unearthed.
1: Right, and the way this offense has functioned, and you know, hopefully that this won't be the case. Obviously, with Aaron Foster coming back to kind of be that workhorse, they can, They really need anything at this point to try to jumpstart them. So, I don't think Cecil Shorts and Nate Washington being out helps this offense by any means. Um, but you know, maybe some fresh blood in that receiving core will do some good. Jacksonville coming off of that tough loss to the Indianapolis Hasselbecks last Sunday. They're Mm -hmm. at Tampa Bay now in a noon game on Sunday. This is a very intriguing matchup between some pretty bad teams. Jameis Winston coming off of a uh, four-interception effort last week, so not a lot of momentum for either team heading into this one. I'm obviously very interested to watch it. I don't think many people around the country or even NFL fans will be very interested, but uh, it could end up being a pretty fun game. Julius Thomas caught passes on Wednesday for the first time since his uh preseason hand injury. Still limited though. Sounds like week six is going to be a little bit more realistic for him, but hasn't been ruled out for week five.
2: Yeah, uh definitely um he's been practicing on a limited basis, but as you mentioned today is is, is the day where he started to catch passes with that, that uh hand that he uh that he had um problems with there that kept him out in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, in the meantime guys like Mercedes Lewis and Clay Harbor were holding down the fort you know, tight end wise, but they, they paid him some uh, big money there to uh, produce. And that's, that's a guy that I've seen on the waiver wire in some leagues. And, um, you know, it might be too late, but it's getting close enough that, you know, you might want to pick up Julius Thomas now if he's still kicking around because they, they definitely have plans for him once he's fully healthy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A couple of receivers appearing on the injury report. Alan Hearns did not practice. He's coming off of a big game. 11 catches for 116 yards on 16 targets with a touchdown. And Marquise Lee still not practicing. Surprise, surprise there. Uh, the hamstring is still bothering him. He didn't play last week. And is, you know, as of right now, looks like he's on pace to sit out again in Week 5. But we'll see on both of those guys later in the week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, Lee, you just don't play him until he has a big game. If that ever happens, maybe it will. But... Yeah, you're not putting him in your lineup until until that occurs, and the, the nagging injuries are you know it's it's problematic. Uh, you just you know you you, you followed his career and, and and you and you you write the updates week after week. Jaguars injury report. Uh, Hearn's um, you know he he di- he did have that big game. I think that probably by Thursday he should be limited, and then I'm if I had to guess his trajectory, it would be probably that he ends up being listed as probable by the end of the week. So not super concerned about his missed practice Wednesday. If he misses practice again Thursday, well, then that's a different story. But, yeah, he did have that nice game, lots of targets. So uh, he, he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, people continue to overlook. But he, he, he outperformed Lee, obviously, um, this season. And then, you know, Allen Robinson last week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mercedes Lewis, another quick note for the Jags, did not practice. He uh, emerged from Sunday's loss with an ankle injury. Not really sure what the severity is on that quite yet, but a name to monitor. This might really be the last week that he has any fantasy utility and and that, that might even be generous. He had his first catch of the season. He finished with five catches for 40 yards, so a decent output from him against the Colts, but just hasn't been consistent enough to really trust. And Clay Harbor's actually been sucking up some targets as well. He had four catches for 31 yards so last put, week.
2: So you put those numbers together.
1: You have an you have average a, tight end.
2: You have a useful fantasy tight end, and I think that uh, that is the sort of return on investment that they would like uh, from, from Thomas when he finally does come back. All right, let's move to the AFC West. There's, there's, some, uh, there's some other uh, injured Jags. Uh, oh, we, we don't we... need to
1: touch on Denard Robinson. He's still out spraying knee,
2: Pazlozny. He's an IDP guy. You're, you're the one who's always hounding me for wanting to talk IDP, guys. Oh, isn't he, like, the greatest tackler of all time? Or he any... might be. No, he's, uh, he's a highly useful IDP. Uh, sounds like he's going to give it a go this week, maybe. But uh, if you own uh, the guy with that name who is so hard, to, like, can, can, you, can, can you type that fast? Puzzlezzi? Yeah, I could not for a long time, but I think I'm very close to the point now that I can. Yeah, well, you know, there's a few, there's a few guys out there like him and uh, Sean Lee from the Cowboys. Uh, you know, some some guys that are pretty, you know, high profile IDPs that uh, we need to pay attention to. Yeah, we don't we don't typically go too much into it, but yeah, he's 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 an elite IDP. Come on, that's your guy.
1: He is, he is. But I'm trying to limit the Jags talk. Um, maybe punishing myself after after that Week Four performance.
2: AFC West, well, they did you the courtesy of having a rather extensive injury report, so that they did, you, leaving you. They forced me to, to
1: rehash and relook at that box score. All right, AFC West, real quickly. Denver, they're at Oakland in a late afternoon game on Sunday. No injuries to keep an eye on for Denver, as has been the case for much of the year. Oakland. Um, what are we looking at for them? Really not too much there's, there's on their end. There's guys, actually.
2: Uh, Tywan Jones was inactive uh, last week. Um, he didn't practice again today. Um, he had been listed as the number two back. Roy Hulu got into the act a little bit with five carries last week, caught a couple passes, got a TD. Uh, Michael Crabtree um, mispracticed today. Um, I don't think that's a major concern there. Uh, he... He left uh, Week four his game briefly uh, with an ankle injury. There, was able to finish up, uh, but but definitely worth keeping an eye out. Latavius Murray, he was limited today. Um, that's probably nothing nothing to you know worry about too much there. But there's there's a couple there that uh, you want to track if you're uh, you know using any Raiders guys. But it's kind of kind of strange that um, you know taiwan jones and and Roy Hallou c- kind of comprise the uh, the backfield depth there in o- Oakland. You'd think at a certain point you know n- given that they don't really use Marcel Reese as a running back too often these days, that they might want to like scoop up one of those uh free agent running backs there because uh, that's a it's a thin um backfield there, especially with Jones banged up yeah, absolutely
1: that's very true. San Diego they host Pittsburgh in the Monday night game this week. Malcolm Floyd was a limited participant on Wednesday, just one catch for 20 yards for him in week four. Stevie Johnson, he had four catches and 32 yards in week four. He didn't practice Wednesday at all. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. So if either of those guys are limited or can't go, um, I mean, it's Jacoby Jones that you're, you're a guy that you're willing to trust under any circumstances? No, he's hurt too. Uh, he is. I mean,
2: the, the, uh, the Monday night game, you're not going to get a full injury report from the Chargers or the Steelers until Thursday, but the, uh, the Chargers are out there doing stuff today. Uh, and it was encouraging that Malcolm Floyd, who, who did suffer a concussion in week four, was out there at least in some limited capacity today. But um, he still needs to go through the protocol. Um, I would consider him questionable. Stevie Johnson did not practice today uh, with that hamstring injury. So those guys are a little bit iffy at the moment. Jacoby Jones hasn't played for a while. More of a return guy when he does come back. Um, Dontrell Inman, uh catches, eighty-eight yards last week, including a sixty-eight yarder. I'm not saying that he, he's a you know guy that you want to like rush to pick up, but um, if it turns out that uh, you somehow found yourself with uh, Floyd and Johnson as uh, one of your options last minute Monday night, I guess you could uh, you know grab in minute the last minute if your your league allows for late pickups like that. And uh, one other thing to note uh, with the Chargers is that Antonio Gates is back. And um, Ladarius Green had a little bit of a chance to uh, you know, make a name for himself. He uh, ended up getting some uh, concussion issues there. You know, He did produce last week, four catches, 53 yards, and a TD. But Gates is back, and presumably he's going to be the uh, number one tight end there for the Chargers.
1: All right, the Kansas City Chiefs. They host Chicago at noon as we finish out the AFC West. Albert Wilson was a limited participant and he's questionable to play. Did not play in Week Four at all. Um, is he, anybody else we're really looking for on, on well, this Kansas City I mean, team? Uh,
2: the Albert Wilson thing—he wasn't really doing much in a starting capacity. In any case, it opened up the door for Chris Conley to, you know, do a little something. He had a couple catches for 53 yards on seven targets. Uh, Travis Kelsey's listed on the injury report, but he was a full participant today keep an eye on it just in case you know there's a setback or something and he's limited or misses practice but I don't think that Kelsey's really in danger of missing this game and as it stands you know you know we keep on saying the same thing every week it's it's him and Jeremy Macklin are the uh the only two real you know interesting targets uh in the pass catching game there uh it's kind of interesting to note that Niall Davis didn't get any touches last week and the Tarkendrick uh, West had five carries for 17 yards. I'm not sure that he's, you know, completely supplanted Davis as uh, Jamal Charles's uh, number one backup there. But that's something to note because uh, in in the past when, when Charles was to go down, Davis was always a good plug and play. And, um, you know, maybe we can't assume that anymore. No, no, not quite so much.
1: Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. In week five, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings now. You can enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, and that'll get you free entry now with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. This is not fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. All right, Mike, let's move on to the NFC, and we'll start. What, there's another conference? There is. There's a whole other conference. Whoa. Just added this week. Uh, So the NFC, we'll start with the NFC East, just very similar to the AFC East. Um, And we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. They host your New England Patriots. Like we said, that's a late game on Sunday. Des Bryant remains out, but Jerry Jones, who always seems to have his hand in medical matters. Um, I'm not sure how qualified he is to do that, but this always seems to happen with, with situations like this. Jerry Jones says Dez could be back as early as week seven. The Cowboys have a week six bye. Um, so I think there's some hope that, you know, the surgery went well. The injury maybe isn't quite as severe as it looked, but and if you're the Cowboys, do you really want to rush Dez Bryant back?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Dez Bryant thinks he can be back then too, but then again, he was like hopping around uh, with no boot on his foot right after he sustained the injury. Um I don't know, I, I would I would guess that they would be wise to uh, play it safe with him if he gets completely cleared, maybe, but um, that seems like an optimistic timetable. And you know, we're only week five here, so got a couple weeks more for anyone with the last name of Jones to backtrack on that uh, optimistic timetable there. And you know, with Romo out, I think I think their end game is to just be in contention. Uh, or or close by the time that uh, both of those guys are healthy. I think I think Jerry Jones might be panicking
1: now after two straight losses. Uh, but. I think we can all thank God that he's not the one in charge of the, the, the one with all the oversight, I guess, with the medical matters in, in, in Dallas, where I think Romo and, and Dez would probably have been back on the field last week. <laughs> uh, quick IDP note for Dallas. Sean Lee is expected to play. He suffered a concussion, a, a guy who's had a ton of injuries since coming into the league. He's another Penn State guy, Mike. So him, him and the puzz are, are right up there linked together. the Yeah, those small white tackling machines.
2: Just, they just do what they need to do. Um, anything else you want to touch on with Dallas before we move to the Giants? Well, I mean, um, with Brandon Weeden at quarterback uh, and Des Bryant out, we were trying to figure out who was going to catch the passes. It hasn't really been a gold mine, at least last week. But at least uh, Terrence Williams got into the act a little bit there with the three catches, 41 yards, a TD. Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley six catches, 62 yards, a little bit, a little bit of PPR note there. But yeah, the uh, the Dallas offense just isn't what it was, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when their their stars were, were in uniform.
1: Uh, the New York Giants, they host San Francisco in the Sunday night game. Victor Cruz still without a timetable uh, as he comes back from a calf injury, so not, not really anything related to that gruesome knee injury that he suffered last season, now just a complication with his calf. He was involved in some odd, uh, I don't know if you keep up with this stuff as much as I do, uh, some odd off-the-field incidents earlier this week. Uh, apparently his... His wife or girlfriend or significant other, whoever that is. Totally missed this whole uh, thing. Yeah, how did you miss that? I don't know how. <laughs> we, I don't know so if we got a note up on this or what. Matters is like yeah, apparently, apparently she got a hold of his cell phone and, and saw that there were some, uh, how do the kids say, side chicks? of his in there and, and promptly took care of that and somehow that made it all over social media. So wow. Victor Cruz has problems on the field, uh, injury problems and, and some issues off the field as well. But, you know, in his continued absence, Odell Beckham is obviously the number one option there. Reuben Randall, number two. And Dwayne Harris, who had five catches and a touchdown in that week four win over Buffalo, uh, kind of cementing himself as the number three guy. Yeah,
2: they're getting by without Cruz and, uh, you know, yeah, the, the calf injury is the the active injury at the moment but you know that knee injury is not anything to be dismissed so i guess when the calf injury does finally come around uh he could make an impact later in the season but uh yeah you know with with that setback there anything you get from him is a bonus and the giants probably feel that way too the washington redskins they're at atlanta
1: in a noon game sunday jordan reed he sustained a concussion, a knee sprain, and an ankle sprain against Philadelphia.
2: His shoulder's in good shape, though. He's, right, his
1: shoulder, great shoulders.
2: Uh, so kind of a Jason Witten situation, I guess, for Jordan Reed. And, yeah, but only Jordan Reed doesn't have the pedigree of like never missing a game that Jason Witten no, does. No,
1: but but he hasn't been ruled out. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on over the next couple of days. Yeah,
2: the, but with that concussion, I, and they're they're pretty much downplaying the knee and the ankle things. But, I think, well, uh, Right, I think the concussion is the thing yeah, to worry about I, here. I just think that he's probably not going to play. So that opens up the door for Derek Carrier, uh, who caught two passes for 18 yards. Uh, you know, after uh, Reed went down there last week, not really an option. But I mean, I was in a league that was deep enough that I had to start uh, Fells from Arizona as a tight end when I realized a little bit too late that uh, oh yeah, Gronk is on by, and uh, my backup tight end is Julius Thomas. And uh, yeah, so if you're really desperate. You know, Derek Carrier is an option. Um, I mean, we'll get to the 49ers uh, with Vernon Davis. You know, still banged up, their their backup tight end might be an option for those really digging deep for tight ends. And you know, again, with a you know couple injuries and bye weeks, and uh, you got to play some random guys now and then. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Deshaun Jackson, he had his first practice on Wednesday since week one pulled up early in that week one game with a hamstring strain he's still questionable for week five sounds like if it's not this week it'll probably be next week but still very much questionable so a guy uh to check status on over the next couple of days pierre garcon not listed on the injury report he was uh he, he was dealing with a knee injury go, kind of coming into the week and it sounds like that just kind of
2: dissipated and they're not really worried about it yeah i mean like right, right now the uh the th- the thing to really note in deeper formats is that sort of Andre Roberts has been supplanted by Jameson Crowder, had seven catches uh, last week there for 65 yards, kind of a you know emerging as a slot option sort of PPR guy, uh, the rookie. So you know with with Jackson out and and um, overtaking Roberts, there there there's a, a a bit of a deep sleeper there for you.
1: All right, the Philadelphia Eagles final team in the NFC East. They're hosting New Orleans at noon. No relevant injuries for them. Demarco Murray not appearing on the injury list at all. He played last week. Did was, he? he did? He was not happy. <laughs> exactly. He was not happy with his role. Uh, made that made that well known. But I think at the same time he did a good job of kind of being a distraction, but not being a distraction at the same time. You know, I think he I think he wanted to make it clear. I, I want more of a role in this offense. But he also kind of backed off a little bit and said, you know, while this is what I want. I don't want this to be a huge issue and cause a rift within the team. So things still very much uh, you know being figured out with that Philadelphia yeah, offense. Yeah, you know, and
2: the, the, the Cowboys' backfield is slightly unsettled as well too. Um, Joseph Randall, um, there's talk of maybe him having been benched, which was denied by the team. But, I mean, in hindsight, uh, the, the Cowboys' decision to let Murray go doesn't look as terrible as it did – maybe initially, uh, given his uh, slow start with the Eagles. Uh, Not that, uh, you know, the Cowboys have it all together there in their backfield either. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a cautionary tale to, like, maybe not overpay a guy or, or, you know, after his career year, you know, especially one with some mileage.
1: Let's move to the NFC North. Green Bay hosts St. Louis coming off of a win in San Francisco in week four, that's a noon game. Devontae Adams did not practice.
2: With all Packers receivers that we care about are hurt.
1: Yes, Devontae Adams, he didn't practice. He's probably out at least another week. Green Bay has that week seven bye coming up. So you could certainly see them trying to sit him out and gain that extra week of rest before maybe a week eight return. But not not a lot of credence has been given uh, as far as his status. But I don't think he'll be playing in week five. Randall Cobb was limited with a shoulder injury. That's kind of been the case each yeah. week. I think this is still maybe residual from that. Yeah, it's that the, collarbone uh, issue. you know,
2: him having acknowledged that that's likely to be a sort of lingering issue there, but uh, he'll, he'll continue to play through it. James Jones, uh, limited at practice. Uh, they both uh, you know, were out of the game briefly uh, in week four. I don't think that either of them are candidates to, to miss uh, this weekend's action. Uh, with Adams probably uh, not going to be out there this weekend. Ty Montgomery, uh, the rookie, Didn't do much in week four, but, you know, he could be a bit of a sleeper this week if they incorporated more in the offense, and that wouldn't surprise me if they did.
1: Yeah, I know he uh, he was able to step up kind of with Devontae Adams out in week four as far as seeing more snaps, and they went to him on that first play of the game, basically just a go route down the right side, and the ball went off his fingertips. I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't super thrilled about that. Um, yeah, he didn't,
2: you know, one, one like big game like that, and boom, your stats look good.
1: Right. Was, well, there's that exactly from a fantasy perspective, but you know, I, I think Rodgers just kind of wants to establish that trust, and then he didn't call him out after the game, but he... He made it clear, as Aaron Rodgers often does uh, in his own way, that that was ball should have been discount caught. Discount
2: double check revoked or something? Or I think, guy, so. I, I, the, I think so. I think he doesn't the get the discounts
1: anymore. So those are te- temporarily revoked. Uh, James Jones, he was limited with a hamstring. Five catches, ninety-eight yards. Somehow didn't get in the end zone, which just seems odd. Yeah, his uh, uh, in week
2: four consecutive game streak of TDs ends at three. But uh, you know, James James Jones is like a you know lottery ticket that you. That you found on the ground that uh, pays off, I guess, uh, in fantasy. All right, the Minnesota Vikings are on bye, so we'll move to Chicago.
1: They're at Kansas City at noon. Eddie Royal did not practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Alshon Jeffrey still limited with a hamstring; he's missed the last three games. Jay Cutler was pretty decent in that win over Oakland. Uh, not yeah. a game that was super thrilling. How but would you
2: rate his body language in that game, though?
1: I didn't. I didn't get to watch it. I was actually traveling uh, back from Green Bay to the to the Madison area during that game but luckily I was able to catch the local Chicago radio uh you know freaking out over that Robbie Gold game-winning field goal color 28 of 43 281 yards did have a pick but two touchdowns um obviously without Alshon Jeffries so his weapons were a little bit limited Martellus Bennett has been very good he had 13 targets in that game Marcus Wilson six catches for 80 yards Matt Forte still very very good you uh, might be the best fantasy option on what's going to be a pretty bad Bears team this year.
2: Well, yeah, there's a there's a few things to, to go over there with the Bears um, after that summary there. I mean, Eddie Royal, he, he didn't practice Wednesday. Um, not getting, don't have a real good handle on that situation. It wouldn't surprise me if he's back on Thursday. Um, he did he did show some life uh, with with Cutler back with seven catches for fifty four yards and a TD. Uh, you know, not quite the. The production I was hoping for, you know, with them having parted ways with uh, Brandon Marshall and and Jeffrey having missed all this time, but, you know, still a decent guy in uh, PPR formats now that Cutler's back. Jeffrey, there's hope that he's finally coming back this week, and again with Cutler at QB, um, you know, once he's full speed, you know, he's going to be a viable fantasy player. I mean, that whole Jimmy Clausen thing, they... They're glad to have put the Jimmy Clawson era behind them. Um, you know, uh, as much as Cutler is maligned, um, like you said, he did he did all right in his return. Um, and last but not least, there's, you know, the Bears are one and three, and and they, they traded away a couple of defenders uh, of late. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of trading that goes on in the NFL, but there's, you know, talk that the Bears might, you know, have some sort of fire sale if things are heading in a certain direction right around the deadline and, and Forte is a guy who has been mentioned in that in that vein and, and if he does get traded, well it would uh, it would shake up a lot of things. Uh, you know, you'd have to go grab the Bears back up and then wherever he landed, well that would obviously, you know, be a big impact.
1: Yeah, I think that goes without saying. All right, let's move to Detroit as we finish out the NFC North. They host Arizona in a late game on Sunday. Joyke Bell is on the injury report. He did not practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Didn't play in the Monday night game either. That allowed Amir Abdullah to kind of get the, the number one carries there. He just finished with 33 yards,
2: however, on 13 carries. Yeah, against that, was a, vaulted that was a tough Seattle matchup, uh, you know, as, as I interrupted you there. <laughs> but, yeah, the, uh, the Seattle, not that um, Cam Chancellor, you know, fixed everything, but uh, – Suddenly, with with him back, the the Seattle defense being a bad matchup uh, panned out for for Abdullah. And I mean, Bell. I don't really have a good handle on whether or not he's going to play this week. But uh, at best, he would return in a timeshare. So, uh, yeah, his uh, his days as a starter maybe uh, may maybe maybe numbered there.
1: Maybe the biggest loss for Detroit right now. Eric Ebron out up to three weeks. It sounds like with a knee injury. The Lions haven't specified exactly or at least I haven't seen exactly what that injury is, but it sounds like he's going to avoid surgery so that's a positive, but still uh looking at probably a 2 to 3 week absence and that might be you No, know,
2: that that suggests like maybe a sprain or something like right, that. Right. Right.
1: Um, and and like I said this the not not undergoing surgery is huge, you know, as far as what that timetable is going to be, but you no, know, Ebron's a guy who's taken a step forward, hasn't topped 61 yards in any games, but you know two only two receptions against Seattle for 22 yards ended up leaving that game in the first half with the injury but four catches against Denver five against Minnesota four against San Diego so even though the yardage hasn't been there he's gotten in the end zone a couple times um, and he's at least being targeted quite a bit by Matthew Stafford so you know now we're looking at maybe Brandon Pettigrew but then he's limited that practice on Wednesday and he hasn't played since week one so I mean who's the next guy up I think Tim
2: Wright well yeah I mean Tim Wright but um, he caught one pass I think in in week four but uh Brandon Pettigrew you know once upon a time uh was a fantasy viable guy first round pick uh I wouldn't really trust him um you know in his in his return if he does return uh probably a situation to stay away from uh at least this week and just hope that uh with a you know more favorable matchup guys like Calvin Johnson can make more of an impact and and maybe Abdullah gets a little bit more uh production there um yeah you know a little bit of a a rough break there for the Lions uh and and Calvin Johnson owners there but uh yeah Seattle's defense is now back to that like you you look at uh who's playing Seattle and think oh yeah you know that running back is maybe a you know that the tiebreaker now is don't don't play guys that are facing Seattle I guess
1: yeah, that St. Louis game is starting to look like more and more of an outlier in week one. Let's move quickly to the NFC South. Carolina is on a bye this week. Make sure to get Cam Newton out of your lineups and, and probably yeah, not Philly Brown. Yeah, Philly too. Brown, yep. uh, Jonathan Stewart, maybe. But other than that, considering they're 4 0, Carolina well, hasn't yeah. had much uh, and Greg Olson that too, defense. That you defense know. has been great. Obviously, I think they've really carried them more than anything so far. Atlanta hosts Washington in a noon game. Tevin Coleman was limited Wednesday. He continues to nurse that rib injury, excuse me, fractured a rib in week two. Um, I don't think they're super concerned about getting him back, considering Devontae Freeman has six rushing touchdowns over the last two weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tevin Coleman will will come back and earn some carries uh, when he is cleared to play. But yeah, there's obviously no rush with the way that Freeman has performed now two weeks in a row uh teron ward uh saw some uh garbage time uh in week four put up some decent numbers there uh that's that's a guy you, you look at it you look at the falcons box score i think you see 19 carries 72 yards and a td uh and you think oh yeah let's i'm gonna pick him up and play him but i, I think that was a you know a product of garbage time and now with coleman maybe coming back he slides back into his uh customary number three role just just uh, pointing that out in case uh You know, just, you know, looking at the sheer numbers of like free agent points produced last week for running backs, and he's probably right at the top.
1: So Devontae Freeman, like I said, three touchdowns each of the last two games. Do you know who the last running back was to rush for three touchdowns in two consecutive games?
2: Oh, like I'm supposed to know this?
1: It was in 2006. So there's a hint. Right, 2006. I asked DVR the same question on Monday, and he didn't get it. So now's your chance to maybe supplant him as the office trivia czar as well.
2: Wow, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, 2006. I don't know. Um,
1: Corey Dillon. Very good guess. Former Patriot Corey Dillon. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, but it was actually LaDainian Tomlinson. So actually, elite elite company. I think that's kind of the cop-out answer. If almost, I had, you know?
2: uh, if I had uh, maybe had a little bit of time to, to research it or just – Look at some help. Look up the answer. No, no. <laughs> yeah, look up, Google it. Yeah. Um,
1: but yes, very impressive performance, obviously, by Devontae Freeman. Uh, a guy who really didn't put up much as far as yardage—only seventy. Uh, I think he was in the sixties or seventies in yardage this week. I was just well, looking was, at Teron was Ward, well, well down from well right uh,
2: the week before, where he just went off.
1: Right, it but, wasn't, and the thing is, he didn't play much at the second half too. You know, because yeah, uh, I, I think Atlanta was up forty-two to nothing at one point. That that final score ended up being forty-eight to twenty-one, I believe. So Houston made it a little bit more respectable. Yeah, some of in the those like
2: nineteen carries and seventy-two yards uh, that. That Tron Ward got probably would have gone to Freeman in a in a a closer game, you know, thus, you know, boosting his numbers. But uh, you know, you're not going to complain when a guy gets three TDs for the second time in a row ever. Uh, Julio Jones was limited Wednesday.
1: He's been limited pretty much all season as far as being on the injury report. Hasn't missed a game. Obviously, the big thing for. For Atlanta and for Julio Jones last week with them being up by so much Jones only played 55% of the snaps so he played most of the first half a little bit in the second half and that was about it Um, so he was able to kind of rest that hamstring you know obviously going through game day prep and and even playing half a game is quite a bit of a strain on any muscle especially a hamstring for a guy like a receiver but still nice to see him at least be able to limit his workload and, and kind of help that out and maybe make that injury a little bit less of something that nags from week to week. Leonard Hankerson was limited at practice with a thumb injury. He's kind of emerged as that number two now behind Roddy White. Yeah, and And Roddy White kind of came out and said... Uh, it was a little bit similar to the to the situation we, we touched on earlier with DeMarco Murray, where he kind of said, you know, I, I want to have a little bit bigger role in this offense. But then he kind of backtracked and said, you know, we're 4-0. I like how things are going. I, I can't complain too much. But still, I think a guy who they want to at least maybe get a little more integrated because as of right now, Roddy White has been basically just kind of a glorified blocker. Yeah,
2: you know, two catches, eight yards, four targets last week. and And as you mentioned, Hankerson has kind of emerged as the number two. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily permanent, but yeah, it's, it's you can't really play white with any confidence at the moment. Uh, you know, it might take something like a Julio Jones, like, you know, being out for a game for white to like sort of reclaim his uh, prominent role in the offense. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised because uh, he's healthy, I believe, and you know, in the past that that was that was where. Roddy White might trip you up with his, one of his injuries, but uh, healthy and uh, not really seeing much in the way of targets. But as you pointed out, the record's good, so uh, that may not change right away.
1: As they say, winning cures all. Tampa Bay hosting Jacksonville at noon on Sunday. Austin Safarian Jenkins, really the only major injury that we're keeping an eye out for. Yeah, it looks then. like he's
2: going to be, uh, he's kind of the, in the week to week phase of his injury here. So, yeah, probably not going to be going this week.
1: No, uh, and, and in his place, Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans have really been sucking out most of the targets from Jameis Winston. I think that's just about what most people expected, and that would probably be the case even if Safarian Jenkins was healthy. Um, you know, even, even with Safarian Jenkins starting off the season very well before the injury, uh, Mike Evans was kind of banged up during that period. So I think his value was probably going to be on the decline anyway. New Orleans finishing out the NFC South there at Philadelphia at noon on Sunday. Brandon Cooks, limited Wednesday with an ankle injury, Uh, a guy who has 20 catches for 215 yards overall through the first four games. Drew Brees, more importantly, not on the report at all. 33 of 41, 359 yards, two touchdowns for him in that last game as the Saints finally get their first win. That's a nice stat line for Drew Brees. Obviously, it's helped a lot by that that one eighty yard touchdown to C.J. Spiller that ended up winning the game. Yeah, it, um, but he's back.
2: It, it is pretty good that he's uh, not on the injury report. Just missed the one game. Maybe that offers a little bit of hope for Andrew Luck owners. Although, you know, working possibly against Luck is the short week. But you know, Brees missed the game, and uh, you know, people are maybe bracing themselves for a potential multi week uh, absence. But it was a rather quick. Turnaround for him and uh they need him, obviously.
1: All right, let's finish out now with the NFC West. Arizona's at Detroit in a late game Sunday. Andre Ellington limited at practice on Wednesday. Bruce Arians uh offered a little bit more optimistic words in, as far as Ellington's status, saying he should be ready. Does that mean we're we're kind of backing off of Chris Johnson a little
2: bit? I, I guess he might have to to a certain degree, although I I do believe he's uh he's earned a decent share of the carries. I think it's more David Johnson is the guy who kind of needs to worry a little bit more. Uh, where Ellington's probably going to, vo- you know, absorb some of that pass catching role that uh, that uh, David Johnson, um, you know, he's he's made some big plays in the in the passing game. Uh, Arians uh, said some things about uh, David Johnson. You know, he played like a rookie, things like that. So you know, whether it's uh, blocking or you know how he's performing in practice, uh, I guess he has some things to learn. So if Ellington does play, it's going to be some sort of timeshare there. Um, I, I would say it's going to lean towards Chris Johnson, at least, uh, you know, in the carries department. Uh, but, yeah, it's unfortunate for those who were sort of riding the, uh, the resurgence of Chris Johnson, uh, Ellington. That's going to put a damper in that. And at the same time, it's going to be hard to trust Ellington out of the gate until, you know, the, the pecking order is reestablished there.
1: All right, the St. Louis Cardinals, they're at Green Bay in a noon game on Sunday. Not really any injuries that we're keeping an eye on for St. Louis. Uh, We can quickly touch on Todd Gurley, a very, very good uh, second game, 19 carries for 146 yards, two catches for 15 yards, and that total probably could have been well over 150. He slowed up on a couple runs late in that game, trying to burn clock and not get shoved out of bounds. So a very impressive showing from Todd Gurley. Tavon Austin had a nice game. Uh, two rushes for 20 yards for him and he's done most of his damage on the ground so far this season but finally getting involved in the receiving game a little bit more six catches 96 yards and two touchdowns including a 47 yard yeah
2: you know unlike the Fonz I can admit when I'm wrong and I was definitely wrong about Gurley I, I had sort of week six circled as the the week where I, uh, I think that's when he's going to start going and uh, he he broke off a big run and I think that was great for his confidence you know to the naked eye he, he looked like a guy who was not hesitant at all you know coming off that big injury you might expect some form of hesitation or but he just looked you know explosive and quick and confident and uh again you know getting getting that one big game under his belt is is a huge boost for his confidence for the team's confidence in their ability to use him as an every down back and uh well, I guess he's the guy that uh, they drafted number 10 overall, and uh, it's it's time to push play.
1: All right, Seattle's at Cincinnati, a game we talked about. It's maybe the game of the week, at least in the, the early slate on Sunday. Marshawn Lynch did not play against Detroit on Monday. He's considered day-to-day with that calf injury. Thomas Rawls filled in, 17 carries, 48 yards. Fred Jackson also got some carries and worked in the passing game. He has a high ankle sprain right now, so if Marshawn Lynch is limited or if he's ruled out
2: again, Thomas Rawls is looking like another strong play. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lynch did not practice today, um, and I, I just have a feeling it's going to go down to game time like it was supposed to last week, although the the, uh, the Seahawks ended up ruling out uh, Lynch um, you know, later in the week there before the Monday nighter. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to go down to game time. But luckily— uh, it's a one Eastern time kickoff, uh, which, you know, if, if you uh, n- know the scheduling patterns of teams, uh, those West Coast teams tend to have the, uh, the 425, 405 starts uh, more often than not. So it's a bit of a break for Lynch owners that he his fate will be decided before the uh, first wave of kickoffs there on Sunday. And then, you know, they can uh, they can adjust accordingly. Uh, Rawls, um, looked so good in his first stint, um, filling in for, uh, for Lynch, you know, Detroit held him in check, um, largely in week four. But if, if, uh, Lynch, uh, is somehow inactive and, uh, with Fred Jackson dealing with a high ankle sprain, well, Rawls could actually get another chance. And, uh, you know, that got, that's a guy that, uh, was well off the radar even a couple of weeks ago. All right. Let's
1: finish up with the San Francisco 49ers. They get the Sunday night game at the New York Giants. Just one name that we're keeping an eye on, and that's Vernon Davis. He was limited on Wednesday, didn't play against Green Bay in week four. Garrett Selleck uh, you know, get kind of finishing or stepping in, I should say, for Vernon Davis. Just three catches for 26 yards. So probably not a ton of value in Selleck if Davis uh, continues to sit out. And this 49ers offense is just kind of a mess at this point, and there's really not anybody you can feel good about. I mean, we, we thought Carlos Hyde was going to be the next big thing after week one, and it things have gone downhill considerably for that franchise. Yeah, I
2: mean, he's uh, still leading the backfield even though Reggie Bush is back, but uh just uh given the overall in ineffectiveness of that uh of that unit, it it is tough to trust anybody in that offense. I mean, Anquan Bolden is still kicking around, I guess he's useful. Davis when he comes back, he could be a lower tier tight end, but uh yeah, it's tough to uh it's tough to rely on their quarterback too even though, you know, Kaepernick had Fifty-seven rushing yards uh, last week, but yeah, that's a guy who looked like his star was on the rise, and and right now, holding pattern. All right, that should do it for our Week Five injury report. Thanks as
1: always for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is brought to you as it always is by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code Rotowire R O T O W I R E when you make your deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. Anything else you want to touch on, Mike? Before
2: we head out? No, I think I, I think I made the uh, the plea for Jags swag uh, for uh, for this week, uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, good luck with all your lineups there. Make sure you check the inactives very closely for any late stretches, and because uh, you don't want that statistical donut in daily or weekly lineups. And uh, that's what we're here for at RotoWire. We uh, we p- put that info out every Sunday morning up to the minute, and uh, yeah, that's about it. That is about
1: it. Like Mike said, good luck in all your leagues this week. Good luck in all your daily contests, uh, any kind of pools that you're in. Um, Basically, good luck with anything football-related as we move into week five. And off-field stuff, too. And off-field. Good luck with everything. Yeah, We're wishing luck all around.